flavor. <laughs> a hellscape of flavors. Against your delectably salty palate, for your flat-lined taste buds, we bring in epic proportions of flavor. Why well, he sounds like the dude in um, the Actors Theater? I don't know, or no, the uh, behind the Actors Studio or whatever. Oh, uh, not James Corden. We think of uh, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Though. Anyway, welcome anyway. to what you're watching. <laughs> I am your host, the very confused, marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my co-host, cohort, and youngest brother. Marcus Dudley, MD3, checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? We hope you are certainly doing well. We are broadcasting live from the Whatcha Been Watching studios right here in Tallahassee, Florida. Not quite close enough to the beach where most people like to think Florida but still pretty close to Georgia, you know, right in that fine line. That's I mean, where we're at. Sure, we have a lack of beaches, but we got plenty of meth. Right. right. <laughs> Big shout out to Kesta for the lovely, the banger, as it were. It slaps, as the kids say. They probably don't even say that shit anymore. Right. But um, That's sus, bro. That's sus, bro. Yeah, no, no cap. I know. If I hear the word cap one more time. <laughs> like, here's the thing. First off, shout out to Kesta, always bright. <laughs> Let's get that out the way. Get out the way first. You can find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Where else can they find us, my brother? You can find us online everywhere on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast, or just call us. The number here is 850, not really. It's like an outcast is like, call me. Don't call me no more. <laughs> Can't even smoke like that. Uh, anyways, no, but uh, there's a certain slang where you just you hit a certain age, especially if you're white in a certain age. Uh-huh. If you're 42, talking about no cap, just hang it up. Just call it bull. Just say, oh, that's bullshit. Just right. if you're black and you could be 60, and it just sounds cooler. Let's just be real. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, lingo wise. But if you're white in a certain age, just let the lingo. That's why I still say that's what's up. That's why I still say charge it to the game. That's why I still say certain things because I'm stuck in my eras. Slang lingo, so. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Very not gnar. Yeah, I know, right? Um, anyways, <laughs> that is, we're already off of the rails here. My brother, the reason why everybody tunes in, not just to look at the beautiful, beautiful banner done by the great M.K. Dudley art. Oh, not, not just the artwork? Yeah, the reason why they really tune in, my brother, they want to know, as I want to know. What you been watching, my brother? My man. I love it. I love hitting that every time. <laughs> my man, I've been uh, on a... On a stand-up comedy special kick. Been, well, well. Uh, been getting my, my fills of that. We actually show a lot of love to stand-up on this podcast, man. We we do our due diligence of trying to keep up with what we've been watching. and Well, yeah, that's the whole point of the show. <laughs> but uh, but to uh, show some love to the stand-up platform. So we review them as if they're like legit films. So I appreciate that. But anyways, go ahead. I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of the great... Art forms, you know, you got you got live theater, you've got movies, you've got you know television, and then you know stand up. It's it's its own separate art form, its own its own genre in the in the category of of performative art. And you know, I, who doesn't like to laugh? You know, like who 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 walks into a comedy show and was like, man, I laughed so hard, it sucked. Here's you know? the pecking order, Michael. It goes musician, uh-huh. actor, uh huh. Uh, dance man, uh huh. Dance man, stand up comedian, uh huh. Clown mine, <laughs> and then poet. But eh, too, they, they struggle too much. They struggle too much. Anyway, that's right. They'll be famous once when, when they're dead. Right, right. That's why painters aren't even on the list. <laughs> 
But anyways, uh, stand-up kicks. What you been watching, my dude? Uh, I saw um, I saw a stand-up by a comedian called Randy Feltface. Okay, who is this? Randy Feltface is an Australian uh, Muppet who is also a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah, big, purple, round head, bulbous eyes, flappy top head, you know, whole Muppet, Muppet genre, or whole Muppet gig, you know. Okay. I'm gonna lie. You can sell me on this, but it sounds terrible to me. Okay, it's it's a is, lot. It's a lot less Jeff Dunham. Okay, because he has his his audience. Sure, I know people that fucking love Jeff Dunham. It's not for me. So so for example, with Randy Feltface, you never see the operator. It, they they treat the they treat the puppet as if the puppet was a a real person, a real stand up comedian, basically. Okay. So um, is he raunchy? He can be. I mean, not terrible. Not like you know Jim Norton or anything like that. Oh, but okay. you know, he he works blue. Sure, yeah. You know, um, okay. uh, I I would have to say it's it's almost like he's got a lot more John Mulaney or Patton Oswalt kind of kind of vibes. Just okay. you know, like it's not it's not necessarily just set up, follow through punchline, set up follow through punchline. He tells stories and sort of weaves the jokes in through through his telling of the story. Um, a lot of crowd interaction, a lot of you know, like, so what do you do here? What do you do? How are you? you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is the but, voice annoying? No, 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 no. Because he, he's not doing a he's not doing a caricatured voice. It's it's literally just the performer's voice, but he's voicing the puppet. You know, nice. uh, like he's not putting it on affect or anything. Okay, because that will get old for me sometimes. No, 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 no. It's it's not like Kermit the Frog or Fozzie Bear doing stuff. Hey, now Fozzie is the greatest stand-up of all time. Fozzie wants to. That's his. That's what I'm saying, Michael. He's this person stepping on sacred ground here. You know what I'm saying? That's the Fozzie Bear arena you're, intru- you're sure. introducing yourself but into. But Fozzie Bear unwelcomely, be, might right, I add. Right. Fozzie Bear would be uh, the would be this guy's Jim Gaffigan. He doesn't work through uh, okay. humor. He works more family style. You know. Fozzie Bear is like the Rodney Dangerfield, sure, of all time, not just our time, <laughs> just the one-liners, it's brilliance. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. uh, but he. So, what's the name of the special? The name of the special is Randy writes a novel, and okay. basically the whole uh, the whole premise is he he comes in, he talks about how hard it is to write a novel, and this that the other. He goes on this like long tirade about the life of Ernest Hemingway. Um, it done in almost a very like you know uh, you remember in, in the Ant Man series where Michael Pena would recap the story or whatever. Oh, yes, he kind of does the entire life and times of Ernie Hem- Hem- uh, Ernest Hemingway in that style, where he's just barreling through it and making side commentary as it happens, kind of thing. You know, like got you know. 1907 goes to Africa to shoot lions. Dick goes to, <laughs> goes fishing. Accidentally hooks himself and almost drowns. Karma. <laughs> nice, nice. I like rapid fire stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, he tells a story about buying a buying a, a shelf off of uh, basically their Craigslist or Backpage or whatever in terms of like how well that worked out and the craziness he had to put up with that. Uh, so yeah, it's just a lot of stories to sort of all come back to the original story of you know the creative process and what it takes to like really dedicate yourself to being a creator 
I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, because if it was, I mean, I would appreciate it for an hour, you know, maybe, or 30 minutes or so, or 15 minutes. Yeah, but I, if I, it, think it, I think it's only like an hour five, hour ten. It's not a long special at all. No, I was saying that, like, if it was all, like, you know, and then he went downstairs, and of course I'm not shaved, because it's a fucking puppet. It's right. like, I've been right. like, ah, okay. But I, I should not pass judgment. Probably, I think when you initially were saying it, the way I pictured it in my head was like, oh, this sounds terrible. But <laughs> you've sold me. You've sold me. Okay. Yeah. So anything else on it? Or you want to review it? Or what? You, you can talk as much as you want. Oh, man. I am going to give that... Uh, ooh. There's the easy one here. It's a layup. Four Waka Wakas? That's a good one. I was going to say no strings attached. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. But he's a hand puppet, so that doesn't work. Exactly. It does oh. work. Oh. That was layered. See what I did there, like Michael? Onion. <laughs> Four Waka Wakas. That was a pretty good review. Um, all right, cool. What else have you been watching, my guy? You it's... were saying uh, some other stand-up? I, th- I definitely watched one recently. Okay, well, yeah, we can just talk about that if you want to. Uh, I think you probably watched it too, though. Yeah, yeah, the old Tom Segura uh, sledgehammer. Yeah, he's Japanese, by the way. Tom Segura. <laughs> Segura. Yeah, um, yeah I, I loved it, man. Um, the issue is, is once again, much like Burt Kreischer's most recent special, I had seen him do a lot of the act live. Also put a pin in Burt Kreischer. We'll come back yeah, to Yeah, we'll it. come back to that one. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd seen him do some of the act live, but it still was very funny. Mm-hmm. I still found myself laughing out loud, just like I did with Burt's special Razzle Dazzle. Uh, this one, Sledgehammer, again, I had seen a lot of the act, so I didn't sure. quite hammer it home as it were, but, <laughs> you know, it's, that's what you get. That's, that's how it works. You write the material, you tour the material, as you're touring it, you bring new stuff right, and incorporate new editing. bits. Yeah. So there was a lot of new stuff in it too. Trimming so. the fat, replacing jokes, moving, you know, moving words around. Punching like, things up, yeah. things like so. And then you, you shoot it and then you retire it. So I just caught one of the, the part of that cycle a little earlier. So, um, but no, he, there was still a lot of new shit that I hadn't heard. And again, some of the jokes were punched up to like, oh, when his closer, something that he said in the middle of it, he moved to the end. Mm-hmm. The jokes about uh, getting Charo on edibles and stuff right. like that. So it was. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. I'm, I'm a big Tom Segura fan. Tommy, so. why you try to kill me? Tommy, I know you tried to kill me. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, what do you think about it, man? I, I liked it. I I think it was a little bit more self-referential than some of his previous work. I mean, just some of the jokes uh, tie very heavily into his podcast, into some of the things that he says. You know, um, through there, you know, just. Your mom's house references and two bears references, stuff like that. Um, not so much that you'll be completely lost on the joke, but it definitely you have another level of appreciation for it. Like, see, I don't think it tied into any of the jokes. I think it was more like an Easter egg kind of tangent for those that sure for those that do follow it because he mentioned like Garth Brooks and like the crowd went crazy because everybody knows that that's his enemy. But like, it had nothing to do with the joke, and then he spent. Also, um, where are the bodies? Where Garth? are the bodies? Truly, give those families closure. closure. Garth. Yeah, we're on it. We just want to know. Yeah, nothing bad will happen if you tell us. We just want to know. Right, right. Um, so yeah, tangents like that, for example. <laughs> so, but then he gets back to the jokes. I didn't think it was too distracting personally, but it's still pretty self-referential in terms mm-hmm. of two bears and his audience of YMH. So, but I don't know. I um, I think his some of his best work. I, I don't know if this was his best. Tom Segura's is. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I think it was very well crafted. It didn't have the same, I hate to say punchiness, or or it just, I, I, I think some of his, his other specials, he 
intentionally kind of went a little over the top, and this one I feel was a little bit more reserved. You know, I don't think he was trying to push the envelope quite as much. I mean, he does go on a whole rant about transgender people, but that not notwithstanding. <laughs> but no, I uh, there's there's aspects of each one of his specials that I like a lot. Like in the first one when he's telling the story about Steven Seagal. Right. Uh, that's my shit because I know people like that that are constantly just know everything about everything and how he ex- explains that as like the least likable quality in any human being. <laughs> and he talks about like, oh, you hear a helicopter. That's a Bell B-137. Oh, how do you know that? I've been doing helicopters for 40 years and just goes on about how this dude just fucking <laughs> knows everything about everything and having people in my life that used to be like that. It's like, yo, just it's okay to not know. You that's know? right. Right. And uh, the other one, he had the story about bikes. I think it was disgraceful. And then most, bikes! Yeah, bikes! That shit resonates. <laughs> that one to edit later. <laughs> yeah. For real. That shit always resonates with me because I do the same thing. I think it's an OCD or an ADD <laughs> thing. Right. Where something gets caught in your brain and I, I have to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it. It's that. like driving by a herd of cows. You have to roll the window down and go, moo. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a line from a movie or something. <laughs> right. I just get it in my head and I'm like, I have to say it. Um, like every, like randomly, and it has nothing to do with Random anything. Day. Ran- no, I've, I've been down to pick something up and when it strains me, instead of going like, uh, I'll just go to blackpeoplemeet.com. <laughs> I have no idea why I do it, but I do it all the time when no one's looking. Wait, 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 where did that come from? I, here's a quick story. <laughs> so I was dating a girl and we took a lot of Ubers. And everyone, they're just doing their job. They're making small talk. And she was a white woman. And so, after you tell this, like, oh, how'd you meet? Uh, it was... Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, We'll edit that out, actually. But, um, yeah, they, they ask you, oh, where'd you meet? You tell them the story. It just gets boring over and over and over. And so, eventually, I just started saying that we met on blackpeoplemeet.com. <laughs> And that because we were both white, they just paired us up immediately. <laughs> and that we both did it as a gag. We're like, oh, here we are. And people bought that shit. Sure. Like, they're, oh, man, that, that's hilarious. And they just, because it's nonsense, but people at least acted like they believed it. And some people legitimately, just reading a body language, could. <laughs> so I just told people that we met on blackpeoplemeet.com. And so now randomly, I'll just say it like if I'm like getting a door and it's out of reach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, black, blackpeoplemeet.com. And I'll get the door. So... <laughs> And I shouldn't have probably told y'all this, but it's just, it's a weird thing I do. So all of that leads back into why Tom Segura yells bikes at people. So It's okay. I, I say the N-word every time I stub the toe. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. yeah so, bikes! Bikes, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Tom Segura, obviously. I, I think this one was pretty strong, uh, Sledgehammer. I think Ball Hog might be his best one, though. In my opinion. That's... I think so, too. So far, at least. But, I mean, hey. I, I think... I will say, I think this one was a little bit more personal in terms of... I mean, he talks about his dad and his dad dying and sort His of, kids. Yeah, he talked... Which he kind of talked about a little bit, but, I mean, a major focus on, on, on this portion of the special, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was... I think it was a little bit more intimate. Not necessarily... I, I would agree, maybe not his strongest material, but... Still good, still completely watchable. The fact that I had seen it live, performed, and then can come back. Granted, I don't remember the set fucking verbatim. Right. But right, still right. come back and have laugh out loud moments. It means you're probably pretty fucking good at what you sure, do. Right, so. right. So, but yeah, no, I would give it, um, 
a pretty, not the full riff, but you get a, a cool guy club without the guitar riff. Got you. Got you. I'm going to give it... Uh, There's a cool guy. And it starts, but it unfinished. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, one full bush. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a callback. Good job. Bringing it home. Uh, well, what else did you watch? I know that... Do you want to talk his counterpart real quick? Or do you want to jump into your 4th of July movie marathon, which you do every year? Which we did tease the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've seen The Machine, and we can both talk that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's, we'll talk about that. Let's, let's save that for after the, the 4th of July okay. rundown. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did my annual 4th of July watch-along. Uh, every year I pick a series of patriotic or American-themed movies. This to, has been going on for a long time, too. I mean, uh, probably at this point, almost 10 years, something oh, like that. Oh, I would say longer. I would say longer. You started wow. it, like, when I was in my 20s. Okay. So, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 10 to, between 10 and 15 years, okay. something like that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. See, I made a big stink about adding on a couple years right there, but I did. <laughs> my need to be right, but just, fe- I guess it felt longer, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, hey yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, without further ado, man, this is always a big reveal. This should, we should have a fucking jingle for this we gotta work on. Review. <laughs> Patriotic review. Stars and stripes forever. America yeah. on film. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Anyways, what'd you watch, my dude? Uh, of course, start off with the effervescent classic uh, Jaws, because I fucking love that movie. Is and it Jaws so, every year? It pretty much. It, it maybe not every year, but it's it's usually a strong contender in in the running every year. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you want to review that one or give it a couple nom I mean, nom nom noms? <laughs> I was gonna give it all the noms actually. Yeah, yeah, it gets all the noms. Yeah, uh, yeah, great movie. I mean, what what can I say about Jaws that I haven't already said before? It's it's a fucking perfect movie. It's a great thriller. Uh, the acting in it is phenomenal. Steven Spielberg is really on point in terms of the motherfucker knows how to shoot shit. We've called it a perfect movie before. Still, still agree. Yeah. Yeah, Even I mean, if it does drag a tiny bit, when it drags, it just builds a lot of tension. Because the I, characters themselves are getting bored upon the boat, going like, what are we doing out here? So as the movie drags, it very much so fits the, the motive and, and feelings of the characters, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect movie. Followed up with Jaws 2, which is more of the same, but sort yeah. of slightly less so. Hey, you know my feelings about Jaws 2 and it might be the worst sequel of all time, but uh, you can go back and listen to our Season 2 bracket to hear my thoughts on that one. Uh, also, go watch Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah. So, Jaws 2, talk about it. Uh, I'm going to give it just a few less noms than the, than the first one. I mean, it's... The plot is exactly the same. Is is in, but instead of it just being the three men on the boat, it's he, it brings in the added danger of now his his two kids are trapped out there, uh, and basically um, kids from Amityville all decide they're going to go on like a, a summer sailing trip or whatever. Uh, so they all hop in their little dinghies and boats and head out to the water to drink and smoke pot and fornicate amongst the waves and dolphins. Watch the orcas as they caress each other. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, oh my god, they get attacked by a huge giant great white shark. And now Roy Scheider has to like rowboat out there to try and <laughs> save his kids once again. Yeah. Uh, is it the same shark? 
Well, no, because spoiler alert: the first one dies at the end. Oh, okay. Then how was it? Is it just just a new shark? It's just indigenous to this area just, at this time of year. Just you know, you know how the great white sharks of uh, Massachusetts are indigenous to my islands. Right. <laughs> Oh man, that's what I mean about it might be Norse. Listen, it might, it, it's still not as bad as the third one, which takes place in SeaWorld. I like the third one better than two. Really? Shark swims into SeaWorld and everybody panics? Yeah. Because that's when you think you're the safest. You're like, these, these sharks are contained. Down the ocean, yeah, you're going to get bit all the time. The only thing that could be better is if the shark was in your pool. <laughs> Your toilet. Coming Jaws 5. Jaws 5. Mini toilet Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Toilet shark. Yeah, as you go there to have a good time poop with your goes family. in the water. Sharks yeah. in the water. Sharks in the water. Heart poop. Yeah. <laughs> like a doll's eyes poop. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough juvenile humor out of us. Uh, so what else was on the uh, 4th of July marathon? After that, I watched, uh, let's see. Oh, Hamilton. That's what it was. Alexander Hamilton. Yep. Don't miss you your know shot. The name, man. Alexander Hamilton. Talk about it, because that's... Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. And I'm not a Hamilton expert by any means. But. Uh, neither am I until I watched this movie, and now I know so many facts and figures about Alexander Hamilton. Bro, when he did a... Uh, what's his... Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda? Uh-huh. When he wrote a rap about the debate that was going on between him and Thomas Jefferson, uh-huh. I was like, you not only have to know the subject material mm-hmm. incredibly well. Sure. To then translate it into a rap with like legit flow that's oh, not schoolhouse then, rocks is fucking so impressive. See, it's funny you mentioned schoolhouse rocks because to me that's the only thing I keep thinking was like, oh, this is just like schoolhouse rocks, but like with a Broadway budget. Which is fine, but but it's not though. Like I mean, in terms of like the cadences of, of the actual rap, like he knows his way around. Like I mean, I'm I'm a student of the rap game for sure. Um, I mean, he definitely knows his way around cadence and flavors and when to pause syllables and when to stretch and when to not and internal rhyme schemes and all of that shit. Like, dude's legit. Like, I, I'm not I'm not arguing his his musical ability. I'm just saying that for me, it was a little bit like. I don't know. It was like a PBS special, but like, what I mean by Schoolhouse Rocks is that Schoolhouse Rocks, yes, the yes, the music is good, but I mean like, or like a Sesame Street where it's like, oh, I a, said, where it's like the rhyme scheme is like A A B B C C D sure. D. Like, it's it's not just simplistic. It's it's incredibly complex what he's done there. Like I said, but just to have the mastery of of the subject material in the first place to be like, oh yeah, this is what is going on. This is the reasonings to explain. Because anyone can sit there and list events in history. To explain not only that, but the motivations as to why people were doing what they're doing is the part of history that I always find interesting. You know, it's never just the, oh, on this day, this was signed. I'll forget that shit immediately. If you're like, oh, this was signed because these people were fucking pissed. Sure. Why are they pissed? The the, the whys and wherefores as opposed to just regurgitating history, you know, dates and and events, you know. I I, I, I understand. That's what I was impressed. And just, I'm saying in that one particular rap, but even just the initial, like, I am the orphan, father of a father. He snaps off on that shit, man. He snaps off on that, dude. Anyways, go ahead, though. How did you describe it? It, it, to me, it was it was a lot more uh, it was a lot more history lesson than substance. Like to me, I I didn't get 
not that I didn't get the motivations, but like to me, it was just regurgitating. And I was born on a plantation in 1730. I was da 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 da. I was really dirty. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, I mean, yes, they sort of go through the, you know, especially the, the Aaron Burr and, and uh, Alexander Hamilton dynamic in terms of, you know, two people with who constantly are just meeting up and have conflicting ideas and sort of their interactions. So I get that, but. A lot of it was just like, and then this happened, and then this happened, which is fine. You know, you want to put a history lesson to music, but I can't say I was overly entertained. You know, it, it, you're just a hater. Is what it's. I, I'm ring the hater alarm on that's this. That's fine. It's gonna I, be a new segment. I, hater again, alarm. I, I need you to get yours, and I'll get mine. We start I, uh, hating on shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I interject with the hater alarm there. <laughs> <laughs> Or as I'll, mine will be Riley from the Boondocks going, uh-oh, there go hater-ass Huey again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, that was rude of me. It's okay. No, it's, I don't know. It it was. I'm just surprised. I've never heard anyone describe Hamilton that way. Is why I'm very surprised. Again, it, maybe the problem is that I'm just not a huge musical fan. I love live theater, but musicals to me tend to go one of two ways. They're either... They either just sing about the thing that just happened, like, well, we got into a fight and I stabbed my brother, or they'll, like, have the fight where the brother stabs the brother and then they'll sing about, like, now I gotta go take a shower and cleanse myself of all my sins. And it's like, wait, we're, it's a shower song now? You just, what, what are we, wait, what happened? Don't sing about what just happened, you just showed us, but also don't sing about random shit that has nothing to do with what just happened. <laughs> because it rhymes. <laughs> because it rhymes. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it just, you know, I, I love a good history lesson put to music, but that's all it was for me. I, the, the production, the stage production looked amazing. The costuming and the, the performances and the, the way that they moved the set around to, you know, all of a sudden now they're outside in colonial America and then all of a sudden now they're in the woods or now they're in a war room or now they're on a ship, you know, like, it was fun to see that, you know, but... I can't say I'm going to like, ooh, let's watch Hamilton again. Well, now that I've heard you being hater-ass Huey, <laughs> I rebut. No, um, no, I actually, man, to be real, like it's not because of the subject material. It was, uh, and, I'm, and I'm quoting, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Mark Bernardin on Fat Man, on Fat Man Beyond or something. Mm-hmm. But I agree with it entirely. And I've heard other people say similar things to it in their review of Hamilton and the fact of like whatever it is that you do. If you're an artist, in terms of like, if you're a painter, if you watch Hamilton, you're going to be like, fuck, I need to go paint. Right. If you're right. like, I'm a musician, you're like, oh, I need to fucking really get to it. If you're like, man, I really need to motivate myself and fit. Like, whatever the fuck your thing is, it makes you want to go appreciate and do your thing. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And just some of that is, yes, the presentation of the, the musical itself, but it's also the backstory of a, like, a man, Lin Manuel Miranda, like writing this shit over like seven years, right? And just right. like just hammering it away, perfecting it, right. and like right. really the ten thousand hours of it all, mm-hmm. shit. Like, and mm-hmm. that is something. So maybe me go like knowing that going into it, you and said here that. was that Marcus Bagwell? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm ba- Blad- Gladwell. <laughs> Same Mar- thing. I don't know. <laughs> but it's the whole ten thousand hours. Shout out to you, Buff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, so just knowing that going into Hamilton and hearing all the rave about it, and then finally like, oh, I was on Disney Plus, being like, holy shit, I I get it now. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, it made me want to like. And so I cried when I saw it, but again, <laughs> not because of 
the subject material, but right. just, just the like, way it made you, it stirred yeah, something in it you. It stirred something in me, yeah. And and it's weird. I know some people that are much tougher than I. Um, I won't call him out by name because he wouldn't appreciate it. But Hi, Dad. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> but no, and people that are much not like that, and they're like, I did the same thing. And he told me, he's like, I, every time I, I watch it, I cry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, yeah, so. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird the things that'll get you in movies. Like, I'm not, I, I don't like cry much at, at movies or whatever very much anyway because I have, I have a very good sense of separating myself from the reality yeah. of the situation but every time I watch It's a Wonderful Life and Jimmy Stewart comes in and like he's brought himself back and his whole like the all of Potter's or uh, all of Bed, uh, Bedford Falls is there Mary yeah. Mary oh those are petals <laughs> bro by the time it happens, I'm like, you're right, George Bailey. You are the richest man in Bedford Falls. Everybody loves George Bailey. I'm like, I'm a sobbing mess. Watching the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. When, when spoiler alert, when Rocket's little unhappy tree friends get all slaughtered <laughs> systematically, I was like sobbing, just like tears streaming down my face trying to hold back sniffles so the guy next to me doesn't elbow me like... Yeah. No, <laughs> Sorry, I, I should cut that. Yeah. Uh, so the guy next to me doesn't elbow me like, what's up? <laughs> Pussy. That's right. Yeah. No, I gotcha. There's a movie. You want to thank you, little girl? Yeah, no, I get it, man. <laughs> yeah, so it, again, Hamilton just kind of, it, it just makes me appreciate art and for what that is. And it's like, man, in my personal opinion, I look at it as somebody, like I said, who, who mastered it, who took the time to be incredibly meticulous sure. and incredibly um, focused. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as they say in John Wick, he is a man of focus. So you gotta have a, a certain amount of respect for those that that are truly like, oh, it's just like Alexander Hamilton. Right. I get it. <laughs> it's meta. <laughs> so I will give that uh, one star. I'm gonna give it one shot. There you go. There you go. See, I did it a different way. The poster has one star. I, I know. Them. Yeah. See. But see, they also have a song. They called, have a, don't miss your Don't, don't miss your shot. shot. Hey, George Washington's gangster in that movie. <laughs> And I love how in the Disney version they were only allowed to say f- the f word once, and so they they like don't do it because I guess in the Broadway play they say it more times, uh-huh. but in the Disney version they dropped it. Everybody, the get the fuck up, they they dropped it right there. So good for you on knowing right. when to shoot your shot on the dropping the f bombs. There so, you go. So yeah, fucking a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you want to talk about the machine? Uh, La, Ma- La Maquina, La Burt Maquina. Kreischer. I mean, or we could flip it around and I could ask you, hey bro, what you been watching? I watched The Machine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, thank you for asking. No, I did watch The Machine and I know you did too, right? Uh-huh, yep. What do you think, man? Because uh, I... Are you not going to talk about The Crow and all that? We will, we're going to talk about all that. Oh, never mind, okay. We're taking notes here. Okay. We're going to talk all of it. Um, <laughs> I'm but, We'll cut all this. No, you're good. Um, but no, what did you think about the machine? Because it got shit on online, man. And I, some people, oh, it's fucking trash. And like, like, first off, what the fuck do you expect? And secondly, I understand it opened up against like the Little Mermaid and right and like Fast and Furious right. 15. Right. If but, you're gonna go see one movie this summer, it's probably not gonna be the machine. Like, yeah. Just just being honest. It but, also opened up against the Sebastian Maniscalco family movie like the same weekend uh, and so they were kind Robert of De Niro yeah so they yeah. kind of were, they're very I'm sure they can't very, compete with Bobby De Niro well no they both didn't do well but it was uh, they were kind of competing against each other in right, terms right. of that one's more family oriented one's more like our demographic <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, but no. Lonely middle-aged man. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Borderline alcoholic. An alcoholic man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it, it got shit on online and didn't do that great at the box office. But, like, hearing some of the people rip that movie apart. It's like, yo, what the fuck do you expect? Like, well, what, like I, I don't, I'm not saying you're not allowed to be disappointed in a film. Sure. But like, for what it is, I enjoy the shit of it. I like the fact that they pivoted into making it an action comedy. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of running gags, a lot of Florida State love, which obviously I'm biased for. <laughs> and also... We're Florida State. We, all we do is fuck, fight, and drink. And I'm horrible at fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good joke in there. Um, the physical comedy of it was good too, man. Like, oh, when he tries to kick, uh, do the kip up, and he flat out ruins his back. He's just like he gets like six inches off the ground. Yeah, and just <laughs> bow. Well, no, I just mean in the sense of ultimately the movie becomes like Popeye, a little bit in the sense of like when if he just lets go and it's just like just go be the machine it's just him drinking a bunch of fucking vodka and turning into Popeye <laughs> right, the Sailor Man right. like to be real that's the best comp I but, can give but, it but the movie does a good job of it earns they, it they, they, they establish a fictional Burt Kreischer where he refuses to drink anymore and has gotten his life together and isn't racist and trying to fuck the family dog yeah, he's not racist anymore remember <laughs> we have to put that out there but he does still fuck dogs and snakes <laughs> no uh but so it's it's a fictional character, you know, a fictionalized version of Bert that, you know, now he's trying to focus on being a family man. And throughout the whole movie, you know, he keeps people keep trying to push, you know, I want to party with the machine. I want to party with the machine. And he has to constantly put that part of his life behind him. So, yeah, then the final act when his dad's just like, you do you, son. Be the best you that you know how to be, and just like hand him the vodka bottle, and it's like da 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 da. And then all of a sudden he's fighting. He's you know he's lighting a cigar with the shooting machine gun. Yeah, the AK forty seven barrel. He's fucking like rips off the roulette table and uses it like Captain America's shield. Yeah, fuck you, Captain America. Yeah, I dug it though, man. I. My biggest thing is that like people always bitch about the theaters being like, oh, it's all superhero movies and franchises right. or reboots. And then when something like original comes out, right. people don't fucking go see it. Like right. they're not they're gonna follow the money. You're like you have to put your money where your mouth is at a certain point. So I saw it in the theater. You paid for the digital download. Yep. Thank you yep. for that. Which, it, as much as it got shit on in the theaters, I really do think, and this is my prediction, I think that's gonna become much more of a a home watching hit. Like, right. especially if it... A mall rats kind of thing, or... Kind of. In, yeah. in the age of digital downloads, I think people are going to spend money to go see the Mission Impossibles and the Fast Xs and the Marvel movies because big spectacle like that sort of needs to be seen on the big screen. Whereas you could watch something like The Machine with a group of inter, uh, you know intimate friends or family who all kind of have the same sense of humor... And there's nothing really on screen that happens that is like, wow, we, I'm really glad I saw that in 40X and, you know, right, right. writ large and 32, you know, 32 feet across, you know. Um, but it, the jokes are still there and the jokes will land whether you're in a theater or sitting on your couch, you know. I don't know, man. I, I laugh harder in a public theater than I do watching it by myself. Because, like, I'm one of those type of people where, like, I will find something hilariously Mm -hmm. uh, hilarious conceptually and then not like okay for example in the episode of the boondocks where stink meaner gets killed and then he on the second time he comes back 
You, they show them in hell. Just follow us on this. Yeah, just no, right I'll, I'll show you something about conceptually, where it doesn't make you laugh out loud, but if you think about it conceptually, I'm, I'm coming back to okay, the machine. Gotcha. I promise. But um, so like Stinkmeaner goes to hell, he fights demons, all right, and he calls the devil himself a bitch, and the devil allows him to go back to Earth to ransack the the Freeman family, which got him killed in the first place. Right now. Conceptually, what's so fucking funny about that is one, he calls the devil a bitch, and two, when he's leaving, he's like, "Hell ain't shit, I'll be back." <laughs> so he goes to Earth knowing that he has a second chance on life to be like, "I could change my ways. I know hell exists, and I could change my ways to not go back." But instead, what? he doubles down and fucks with the Freeman I'm family. Fuck you up, Robert Freeman. Yeah, he fucks with the Freeman family. He doubles down on it. So like conceptually, that shit is fucking hilarious to me. So I don't. I might not laugh out loud at it, right. but like it makes me smile. Like years later, still like thinking sure, about it. Sure. So when I'm in a, you know, like the 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 concept is, or the execution is not nearly as fun or 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 as funny as the, I guess the the abject concept or, or yes, yeah. yeah, the blind white like the concept of Dave's like where where the metal meets the road is like the abject of like where Dave Chappelle plays a blind white. Or a blind, black, white supremacist that doesn't know. And like that is conceptually one of the funniest fucking things you can ever hear. And then they execute it perfectly, too. Sure, sure. So the point is of all that, what I was saying is, when I do see a comedy, I appreciate being in a theater. Because one, it makes me laugh more at the simple setup punchline and stuff. Where Mm -hmm. a lot of that, if I'm not hearing other people laugh, I truly believe it is kind of contagious. There's a certain electricity in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if I watch it by myself... I might be like, it was funny. It had it had parts, but if I'm in a theater, I'm gonna be like, oh, that shit was dropped dead hilarious because other people are are sure, with because, you. Because because at that does that make it, any sense? Though? Yeah, yeah. Especially I know it, was, it, it took me a long no, way to get good, there. You're good. You're good. In a crowd setting, you're not necessarily just remembering your emotional connection to it or your reaction to it, but you know, you're 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 also remembering like oh and then that one lady that was cracking up in the back and she sounded like a hyena and then like remember that one lady stood up and was like fuck this this dude's racist and walked out or whatever or whatever movie going i don't know where you see movies but (laughs) but you know like yeah like it's it's you're not just necessarily the the memories and emotions aren't necessarily just attached to your own but to the people around you it's a bonding thing too it is it is it is and and sort of it it's 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 the 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 concept of like, even if you're on the fence about something, like ah, that was kind of funny, but I don't know if I should laugh. As soon as you hear somebody else laugh, it makes it encourages you to do the same, right? You know. So. Yeah, no, I'm, that's my biggest thing though. Is there's things that I might be like, oh, it was funny, or I might again, I might crack a smile at watching it by myself. Mm. But if I'm in a theater, because I'm gonna be like, oh, conceptually that was very funny, right? You know. But if I'm like in a theater. That's that extra little push I need to be like, oh yeah, we're all laughing, and it is safety in number. You call you a sheep, you're whatever. Fuck it, I like to laugh. No, but. no, it's it's part of our simple monkey brains to yeah. to be part of a community, and when other people laugh, it's the same reason why when you yawn, people around you tend to yawn because it's some, it triggers something in our brain where we go, oh, it's time to start relaxing now, right? Right, right. we're gonna start uh, shutting down. No, okay, right. So no, so I'm glad I saw that one in the theater. Um, but again, man, if you enjoyed it. I think your your setting of saying like watching it with a couple people or at least a couple drinks in or whatever like that, I think you would have a great time doing it. Sure, so. yeah, so. yeah. I mean, what 
I, I just mean conceptually, like, there there are certain movies that you have to see on the big screen. You know what I mean? I hear you. I, I hear you. It's, it's I a don't know, I don't. I don't know that this necessarily falls into that category. Like, there's nothing about the big screen experience where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I got to see that one action sequence, you know, on the silver screen or in high definition with surround sound and, you know... No, Whatever. no, no, no. I think what you're saying is a lot, there is a, there. They do spend. They know where they spend their money, mm-hmm. at, and it's definitely is some of the action scenes. But, and this is a compliment. It is a perfect like if it still existed, like Friday night blockbuster. You got friends coming over because you're in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh shit, let's rent the machine. I That's haven't seen exactly it yet. What yeah. I was thinking, and I mean exactly. that as like a compliment. Right. It's one of those type of movies. So it's, it's it's like The Hangover or Porky's or Police Academy one through six. Yeah, well, maybe not five, but <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Just just silly, irreverent humor that you know. It's it's. I think it's only like a hundred and ten minutes, a hundred eleven minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you're in and out. I mean, it's not. There, there's no there. It's not like they're they're exploring the human condition, but they do kind of you know like they they touch it on the surface level in terms. It's of... It's a story about a. One legacy, ultimately, but it's so a Burke guy in was twenty two. He got involved with the Russian mafia. Here's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but. but no, I, so for those of you that don't know, Burt Kreischer, the machine, he had this whole story. This, this, it, it, and it's in his first bit where he talks about how he got involved with the Russian mafia, and the, the whole point of it is he, in this fictional story. Part of that story is he stole a watch from one of the passengers, and now years... Yeah, they rob a train. They rob a train, right. So years later, when he's fat, drunk comedian Burt Kreischer, who has decided to put the machine behind him and focus on family, and he's sort of, not necessarily broken down, but he's on a downward spiral of, of you know shame and regret, and he's not feeling himself. He's, he's got conflict with his wife and daughters and all that. So basically, the daughter of the person he robbed... Finds him, kidnaps him, and his dad, who is played by... Hey, kids, it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, the Joker himself. Yes, sir. Uh, The greatest Joker himself. Fuck yeah. Yeah, wants the watch back. Yeah, yeah. And so she she kidnaps him and basically says, I'm going to kill your family if you don't come to Russia with me and help me find my dad's lost watch. And so... Hilarity ensues and adventure is embarked upon. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked uh, during the during the film how as Burke cr- progresses on his kidnapping story of going back into Russia and back to Moscow, it kind of replays the events of the machine story in flashbacks. Um, I forget the guy who played uh, young Burt. I forget as well, but. but. I'm sure he was hand selected by Bert himself because that dude is super hunky and like very handsome. And Bert was like, "Yeah, I look just like that, like, just like that." Yeah, that was <laughs> I was so handsome and strong. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, did I tell you about the time I fought a bear? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, Bert. We love you. Yeah, Please come do. do the podcast. Yeah, we do. We do. Love you can you. make fun of me to my face. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a movie. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> but no, I dug it, man. I, I'm glad I got to support it. I'm glad. It, it made me laugh. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would give it um, uh, a couple blocks of cheese. <laughs> couple blocks of cheese? Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, Body Shots World Tour. 
Nice, nice work, nice work. So what else have I been watching? Uh, I did finish Ted Lasso. Are, are we good on good on, on, on unless on you got something else you got to talk about? No, I was just just I don't know. Just, just pivot it off of it quickly. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we're professionals here. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I, I don't know. I just don't know what else to say. It's it's very slapsticky. It's very funny. It's a good yeah. action adventure yeah. comedy. I to sit there and tell you the jokes would would ruin the movie for you. No, so of course, I can't. of course. But it's 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 the it's the story of just Google the machine Burt Kreischer. He'll it's twenty two minutes. You watch that, and then that's the premise of the movie. Pretty much, follow but up. in reverse. Yeah, in reverse. Yeah. yeah so yeah. whatever. Um, see, I just don't want to sit there and tell jokes no, out of here because it just ruins the movie. So. Um, other thing I watched was uh, finished Ted Lasso. Oh, how was that? It fucking sticks to landing, dude. Okay. It, it's really good. I, I recommend it 100%. And this is the final season, right? Yeah, there's only three. Okay. There's only three seasons, so. I mean, they're about an hour ep- each an episode, 12 seasons. Or, sorry, 12 episodes each season, so. Okay. Yeah, it's a weekend. You can get, if you really want to, you can get through it in a weekend. But it took us about two weeks. But uh, Well, now that's... It- I like to, to binge watch stuff like that, you know, like you will. beginning to end, right? You will. So, it's, so I, now that it's over, I think I might kind of jump on and, and give it a look. See, it's it's hard to watch that show and not have a smile on your face at some point. Like the character, you know, they're doing it to you because it's just like, hey, you want some sugar? You're like, no, and then they're like, here's some sugar, and then you're like, can you make it an airplane noise? <laughs> And then they do, and you're like, "Oh, I'm so glad I have this sugar in my mouth now." Because you're like, mm, and it, "Yeah, like you give me another one. Yeah, give me another one. Give side. me another one. Yeah." And it's like you know that they're doing it to you because it it tackles very serious subject matter, but it's like some of the most fucking likable characters. Yeah, it's uh, not Will Arnett. Who am I thinking of? Um, Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. That's yeah. it. Right. Yeah. He's right, right. awesome. Yeah. It's it's perfectly like it's just so good. It it deserves all the hype. I said it last time, but definitely sticks the landing. Uh, and Angie was like, "How come they're not making more if it was so popular?" And I don't have the answer to that. My guess is that is one either end on a high note, sure. or two, it's like we've told the story that we want to tell, and you got to know when to. I've, walk I've, away. I've sort of heard heard causes for for both reasons in, in yeah. terms of uh, the creators were just like, "Hey, everybody loves the show," and we kind of like only had so much story to tell and to try and stretch that out or make it, you know, j- just to do another season would be a disservice to the fans. So, you know, we're good. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, walk away. It, Speaking of Will Arnett, have you watched BoJack Horseman yet? No, I have not. <laughs> watched it, but... Three episodes left, Marcus. Uh, it's like, yeah, it might only be... I, I probably would say six, but okay. I've watched a couple of those on the final season. But okay. I just... I'll get there. I got six more months. Damn, only like... Yeah, I got like five more months. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit. No, December 24th. We'll be like, oh, crunch time, Bojack. That's right. Bojack, crunch time. <laughs> I have to watch Schindler's List on Christmas. I have to. Okay. <laughs> no follow-up episode for year three. Um, no, the other thing I did watch was uh, The Crow. Oh. Michael. Very nice. This Now was... you're talking to me. Hold on, hold on. 14-year-old me. The year is 1995, 96? Something like. I'm wearing Jinkos. Yes, we were. And I have the, the, the Benoit ball necklace choker latched firmly around my throat. My wallet chain, for some reason, stretches to my knees, and I have two of them. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, he's painting the picture. I, was, I thought you were going to keep going. Um, airwalks were still a thing. Air- oh, I love some airwalks. I saw some airwalks the other day. I was like, oh shit. But anyways. Um, no. Booker, what you been shooing? Yeah, how you been shooing? <laughs> um, 
No, I mean, feet. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been walking. Ah, ah we missed it. Damn ah, it. Too late. Too All right, late. take two. Anyways, yeah, go with the second cut. But no, man, The Crow, um, man, that was, it was like there was a certain phase in my life. I didn't have access to The Crow like I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But man, like, that was one of those movies like Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. or Starship Troopers or like it was a fucking staple of every child of like oh. my age to your age. Like it yeah. was a fucking yeah. if certain you're, generation. If you're late Gen X, early millennial. Early millennials, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's that movie is you are the fucking target demographic a hundred percent. And so a hundred percent. So uh yeah, got into that though, man, and still actually man, still holds up. Still I'm glad to up. hear that. I, I truly think so. It is very much so you can feel the nineties flair, but it works, man. It's not so stuck in a time capsule. You mm-hmm. have to understand that it, if Gotham City can still work in a modern day and age of being like, the city is brooding and dark. It, sure. Like, this does too. Which, by the way, set in Detroit. Also, yeah. So, can we please, and here's my plea to you, can we please get a The Crow RoboCop crossover? Like, can we make a RoboCop Somebody crossover? with the, the financial backing and the artistic <laughs> vision. And well, you can just give because technically two, Robocop takes place in the future and the crow takes place in nineteen ninety five. The crow so. can take place whenever because it's an ongoing tale of That's crows true. carrying the spirit from, you know, one side to the other for vengeance duty. So is Robocop, just with robotics and guns. Oh, can we make a robotic crow? Robocrow. Ro crow cop robo there's a way Robo Crow 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 op? Robo crop. Robo crop. Robo crop. There it is. There it is. We'll get there. There it is. Yeah, he's a Crobocop. Crobocop. Thank Damn you, Michael. It. We worked out. Yeah, it's gonna take two again. Crobocop. God, yes, we got there. Michael. Workshop. Chris by five. But yeah, no, but both of those those films take place in Detroit. Now, gangster would that should be if they crossed over two two men on vengeance, one for being murdered and the other for being murdered more violently. With eagle powers. With eagle powers and rope. <laughs> Crobocop? Michael, we're on to something. Patent pending. Do not try to make Crobocop out there. Like, A24, call us. Yeah, call <laughs> us. But, uh, no, I mean, it still holds up, though, man. I It is very much so of its time, but I still... See, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you say it holds up because I have seen it probably within the last eight to ten years. But I've always been a fan of that, so I might be a little bit biased. In terms I mean, me of like, too, me too. Yeah, but yeah. Just like, dude, I, there's fucking photos of me and my my best friend Seth with our looking like shitty juggalos because we <laughs> like painted our face white and had the like that was not like just happened on Halloween. That shit happened all too often. We'd have <laughs> we'd have band practice and Seth was the drummer. I'd be on the mic or the guitar and we'd paint our faces like the crow just to, for fucking band practice. Like, <laughs> That was our shit, man. Like, so that was the origins of our Swedish death metal band. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh, I will say this: we are crow with an umlaut over the <laughs> That's good. Oh man! But uh, I will say this though: it is one of the few times, a, a lot of times, man. Style, it's all sizzle in the pan. Mm-hmm. This is one of the time where style being over substance kind of works in its favor. And, I, and, and I what agree. I mean by that is. Especially you, if you look at it by today's standards, I've said this a million times. Like post Matrix, post John Wick, post certain Ong box of the world, the action just doesn't hold up anymore. You're, you're just right. being real. You're right. Even Predator, it's like it's, the, the the fight sequences are very choppy. They're they're using a lot of like really fast cuts to sort of really broadcast swings of swords and weapons and slow mo flips and shit. Right. 
which is fine for its time, but like, sure. if you but, can... I mean, like, it, it's still, it's still very John Woo, still very oh, Shaw Brothers, yeah. like, they, you know, with the wire work and, and the gunplay and sort of like, just the sheer, con- like, the, the, the sheer volume of bullets being fired at any given time, you know, it's, it's all very much there. That being said, it's definitely been shown better in more recent times, oh, yeah. like more modern era, like... It's it's very highly stylized for the time. You know? Absolutely, even Blade took what the Crow did and one upped it in terms yeah. of the action. But like, there's a lot of I don't know if we get to the Matrix without the Crow. I would agree wholeheartedly. You know? Like, yep. It, yep. I'm, I'm sure maybe, there's a direct stepping stone. There, yeah, it's definitely in the pantheon of how we got to where we are in terms of comic book films, in terms of sci-fi films, in terms of gunplay films. Like, yeah, who did uh, who did the Crow? It was uh, Darrow. What was the was it uh, Barrow? The, the artist. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking about the comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, J.C. Barrow or J.R. Bar- Barrow, something like that. We should probably anyway. Google it, but whatever. Um, we're not going to. We're not going to. But, yeah. but the, the movie was directed by Alex Proyas yeah. and written by uh, David Goyer, who also did The Dark Knight. He also did... Um, did he? Yep. Okay. And I know he did those other ones. Yeah. And then he did... Uh, I think he did Requiem for a Dream, and he did... Um, God, what's he did a lot of shit. He did Blade. He did. He did Blade. Yeah. He did Tenant. He did. No, he didn't. Not like Tenant. Um, Either way, very prolific. He did a punch up on. Uh, God damn it! Leonardo, huh? Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Fucking Inception. Oh, oh yeah. He did yeah. a punch up on Inception. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's done a lot of shit, man. He's like a sci-fi movie screenwriter mm-hmm. of like fucking Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's yeah. been there. Yeah. No. Um. But I was saying like the style of, over the substance, like it. The action doesn't quite hold up, but it's still a ballet of bullets and shit. But like just being in, there's some so many iconic shots of it being gothic, of like a dude with just white face paint standing in gothic cathedrals of you know yeah. moonlight shining upon his face and gets a trench coat and guns. And there's a scene where he ultimately is seeking vengeance on the people who brutalized him and his girlfriend right which i'll spare long, all the long details. story short basically a rock star is killed on was it devil's, devil's night e- devil's night the night before halloween comes back a year later vis-a-vis a crow carries his spirit from the forgotten realm or the spirit realm or whatever they call it and he just and he finds out that he's immortal he can't be killed he can look through the eyes of his crow and sort of scope around and uh, increased agility, kind of badassness, looks like Sting, but kind of walks around like Neo from the Matrix a little bit. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, he wages war against his uh, uh, people that dirtied him and his and his lady friend. But again, what I meant by the whole sometimes style over substance works is like the Matrix wouldn't have worked if it was just cool dudes in a trench coat and da 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 Somehow this movie kind of escapes that because they give you just enough in terms of like the gunplay where it's not like you're not wowed by it but the look and feel of the crow it just kind of works it's not overly flashy but there's just enough super cool shots where again there's a scene where he's he enacts revenge on somebody and he he loads a shotgun filled with wedding rings stolen wedding rings with stolen pawn wedding rings and he's throwing them at the shopkeepers like every one of these is a life that you took, and he's throwing them one by one. Tink, tink. Every tink life, you know. Um, and so he loads a shotgun with it, which wouldn't work. 
and then fires at it and you know fires it in the pawn shop after dousing it in kerosene and lights the place on fire and it's just such a fucking cool shot yeah they have the slow motion shot of him walking away and the building's on fire and his yeah. trench coat's billowing and then the crow comes and flies, flies over on and his land, shoulder. Yeah. lands on his shoulder yeah, yeah, he, yeah. It's, a, he, it's an iconic like great action movie shot yeah like a must kind of thing yeah and there's a the, the movie is very competent in the action sequences. Like, it, it's not breaking new ground. It's not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel. It's it's like it's like pizza, you know? Like, right. it, it does a really basic pizza very, very well. But the aesthetic of the restaurant itself is so cool that you're like... I mean, the pizza's okay, but this place rocks. Right. Right, and it knows what it is. It's like I'm a rock star, or whatever. That's dark and brooding, and it just it leans into it perfectly, where it's not overly annoying with a great soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. It is, if you're it is. if you're a fan of '90s industrial meets like Goth gothic '80s rock, oh, this is the soundtrack for you. It's got yeah. The Cure. It's got Skinny Puppy. It's got the Henry Rollins Band. It's got uh, oh god, who else? It, uh, Nine Inch Nails does a Dead Souls cover. Yeah. You named all of it. You listened to that a couple times. Many, many times. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's also a super cool scene in which uh, he, the crow, Brandon Lee, rest in peace, which we'll talk about. Yeah, son of... Son uh, of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, right. Yeah, he runs down a a guy who Nephew of Suddenly. Cousin (laughs) of Quickly. Who bombs atomically. Anyway. But yeah, there's a scene where he runs down a guy that was in a Firebird or whatever, and he... T-Bird. Yeah, T-Bird. And he classic flicks a cigarette or whatever, and it lights the crow, like a, the symbol of a crow on fire, and right. he leaves that for the cops to find. And it's, again, it, taking knowing what you know about action movies now, it doesn't hold up. But, like, again, there's something about the style of this movie that sure. you're like, fuck, this was such a... The, the, the ways that it does sit in a time capsule works in, in its advantage. It, it is very much a product of mid-90s sort of... Angst. <laughs> well, it, it's sort of the mid-90s grunge meets the new industrial sort of metal gothic aesthetic that was happening. You know, very white zombie, very... Uh, uh, who else am I thinking of? H.R. Uh, Geiger kind of mentality. You know, like just, just the aesthetic of like gothic horror meets modern beauty I got, uh, yeah sure sure Brandon Lee's beautiful learned Angie Angie had a crush on him she was like <laughs> she were talking about it oh this dreamboat of a man and I looked at her I was like you have a crush on Brandon Lee she just kind of gave me a look like yeah he's gorgeous so, so like, her oh, yeah. type is what tall dark and dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Gigi Allen, Brandon Lee. I love all those guys. Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, no, it was, I fucking dug it, though. And I just want to, I can't iterate enough. I think the impact of The Crow, it was one of the first hit of finding a niche comic book or yes. graphic novel. And it did a good job of playing to that audience exactly. Mm-hmm. Where we talked, we did a whole deep dive, go back and listen to it, where Spawn went wrong or what's wrong with Spawn. Where it didn't play to any particular audience. It right. didn't play into the audience of like, are we just going for... Like, super cool, big screen shit, or are we going for the comic book niche audience? The Crow right. hits, hits where, the nail where on the Spawn head. did neither of those things. Right. I think The Crow does a good job of hitting both of those. They do. It sticks to the original story just enough to where it pays homage to um, the original artist and, the, and the, the, the creators. But it also formulates its own story 
and just uses the comic book images as a reference of like, okay, here's the style and aesthetic that we're going for. Yeah. And it also works well in, like, Spawn also tries to be crazy big budget but doesn't have the budget for it. Right. Like, the largest set piece here is, like, they fight on top of a, an old church. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the largest set piece there is. And or there's... It might be the same church from Spawn. Yeah, and it might be. It's all, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, it's definitely the same back lot if they shot it off. The or, like, there's a warehouse that they go into. They rent it out. To, of... They just go to Glenn Danzig's house and yeah. he's like, I have a church, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> um... Yeah, like there's a, a set piece where he dives in from outside and he lands on a table and he gets shot up. But there's no like expensive like, oh, we're going to shoot in Bali. Like it's it's all oh, yeah. oh, fucking yeah. warehouse shots. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they shot it somewhere in like Pittsburgh for Detroit or, you know, some sort of maybe outside the studios of, in Burbank or something like that. And yeah. they were just like, we're just going to bring in every set decorator we know to make this place look like run-down, anarchaic uh, uh, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. It's, I mean, people that know what they're doing and know how to disguise it well, this is yeah. truly an art to it. So, yeah. But uh, that movie had a huge impact on, on me as a kid, man. Oh, it really too. helped form a lot of the, the shit that was like cool to me. A lot of it came from The Crow of being like badass and mysterious. Oh, and, that, like that movie had such a cultural impact. I mean, we kind of talked on it before. Like, you don't get to The Matrix without stepping on directly on the crow. Very true. Sting in the in the the the, the pro wrestler in, right. in the in the mid nineties completely lifted his his aesthetic from the crow movie with the white face paint and it's, it's sort of this weird gothic mime kind of look, you know, kabuki theater meets silence assassin. Um, I mean right down to the trench coat and him descending from the rafters and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, which Still to this day, he carries on as an iconic look, you know? So, I mean, the impact of this movie can't be denied, especially on, I mean, God, I would have been 14, 13 years old. Your in this. M- more formative years, for sure. Uh, for sure, for sure. And, th- th- you know, this is, again, me falling in love with Nine Inch Nails and the Dresden Dolls and... and uh, Early Filter. Filter, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. White zombie, Marilyn Manson, like that—that that whole aesthetic of just the grunge rock meets gothic metal. Yeah, know? no, it was fucking timestamp, man. So, uh, with that being said, I also found out the guy who directed—we were talking about it earlier—John Wick, um, mm-hmm. Chad Stelsky. I believe I'm if I'm butchering your name or Stelesky, Stelsky. I'm just gonna go with that. Sure, Chad. Um, yeah, he was the one that finished. The Crow, when Brandon Lee had the the tragic accident on on set, Brandon Lee died during the making of The Crow. Uh, right. One of the, Which, by the way, if you haven't read the entire story of how Brandon Lee died, do yourself a favor and go research that because it kind of ties in with things that have happened recently in other movies in terms of just people being careless with prop guns and not understanding and blood how, packs and stuff and like that. Not yeah. understanding how like really dangerous firearms always are and you should always treat them with respect and reverence and reverence yeah. and just everybody be on the same safety page so i don't know just go look that up it's, yeah i don't want to get into it because it's sad but like 
it's just if we didn't learn our lesson then we should definitely learn it now yeah yeah and it sucks too man because he he as well was um but anyway, sorry, before, just to finish that train of thought. Sure, sorry. Chad Stelsky was the guy who came in and finished The Crow, who went on to direct. He was a stunt double for Keanu oh, Reeves yeah, in The he, Matrix. He stood in. He stood in as the body double, yeah. Yeah, well, he finished the scenes that, like, because they hadn't completed the movie mm-hmm. yet. So they pretty much got all the dialogue done. And so he stood in for Brandon Lee. Because, again, it's so sharp. It's shot with so many shadows cast over the face sure. and stuff like that. Well, basically so. what they did is once Brandon Lee died, there was this the whole question of how do we finish the movie. And they were basically, like, four-fifths of the way done. Right. There was a few pickup shots, a few, you know, like, we got to get reaction shots, whatever. So they shot him as the body double and then digitally replaced his face with very, very early, like, kind of deep fake te- technology. But then they hit it very well with hard lights and shadows yeah. to sort of like cover up the fact that like oh that's a digital face but you can't really tell because we're just going to show it just for a hot second in shadow or they just had him with long hair and the hair would just be cast over his face right, primarily right, right. so like old old school movie tricks yeah know? but it was it's cool in the sense of like the lineage of like this is why i believe that john wick is such a great franchise like mm. if you look at the guy i mean he finished the crow and his his partner david leach he's like the other he doesn't get the credit of directing yeah, John he's the, Wick. He's the Bill Finger to his Bob Kane. Yeah, but they both kind of say like sure. they. And we watch like the behind the scenes stuff on John Wick. They talk about the boys and they're talking about David Leach and Chad Stelsky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David Leach went on to has a great career. Directed like Atomic Blonde, Deadpool two. He does a lot of great action shit too. Right. But he's coming back for Deadpool three. No, I don't think so. I think that's the guy who directed Free Guy, the other Ryan Reynolds movie. Ah, that would make sense. But yeah, either that way, makes sense. Um. So yeah, it's just cool his progression of going from stuntman to that to a stuntman in the Matrix, the stunt coordinator on a lot of stuff to actually being able to direct right, right. John just Wick. Seeing his progression, like he like for he's fucking Forrest Gump of it all. Like, <laughs> both of those guys, it's like Mama said, box life was like a box of bullets. Exactly. So I just thought that was kind of cool. But uh, the sad part about Brandon Lee's passing, obviously, it's a tragedy. But it was a lot like Aaliyah, the singer mm-hmm. who passed away, who I love mm-hmm. I cried when she died and called Michael I was like Michael Aaliyah died I'm sorry well, no I was in boot camp and you sent me a letter yeah, yeah yeah I was very sad but the part that sucks is that um Aaliyah had just signed on to do Matrix 2 and 3 mm-hmm. and uh, I think Queen of the Damned was there was going to be a potential well, sequel or, or follow through right but spin she, off whatever yeah. right but she was about to blow up she mm-hmm. had like a bunch more she pro- had just done Romeo Must Die she had just done she had um, done Queen of the Damned but. Queen of the Damned god there was one more movie she was in I can't think of it yeah I don't remember either was way it Kiss of the Dragon I don't remember I don't think so but I, either way she had her career was about to blow up mm-hmm. though she had signed on for like she was gonna be the new hot thing in Hollywood and same thing with Brandon Lee he was in talks apparently this is again I don't speculation. Have, speculation, but the rumor is, is that he was in talks. Again, you talk with people. It could be a, a coffee. Sure. But was in talks with Stanley to be Shang Chi early on. Oh. And yeah. And Shang Chi. Shang Chi and the Legend the of the Ten, Ten Rings. Rings. Okay. Yeah. Right. Of, right. So, again, he was one of those guys. Was where, a meeting with Stanley. It happened suddenly. Suddenly over coffee. Over coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just quietly. Quietly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we can do this all day. Yeah, fucking Eve. We Eve. won't. Yeah, I will. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> Michael will. So, uh, but yeah, it just kind of sucks. It's a tragedy in the sense, like I said, his career was right. really about yeah. to blossom, yeah. and it was yeah, yeah. over over something that really should not have happened, like right. an accident that was so easily preventable. You know, yeah. like it in a in a 
don't know. Just, I don't know. Fragility of life. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, tough, man. So, uh, I will rate The Crow, though. Which, do not watch its sequel. If you like the first one at all, the, the sequel will let you down very quickly. See, I disagree. I kind of yeah. like the sequel. Oh, I got to give a shout out to, uh, also, uh, what's his name's in it? Um, Ernie Hudson's in it. Who? Ernie Hudson's in The Crow. I don't remember him. <laughs> He's a ghost. That's monster. a callback. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's an old school one. <laughs> Yeah, when we were talking about the uh, Mr. Terrific. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, but also uh, Michael Wincott, who is he plays the bad guy. Top uh, dollar. Top dollar. Yeah. Talk about a snap famous guy. He was uh, the bad guy. He's such a gravelly, raspy voice. Yeah. He was uh, the bad guy in The Crow. and He was also the sheriff of Nottingham's cousin. So Alan Rickman's cousin, who Alan Rickman played the sheriff of Nottingham. He played the cousin in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, yeah. the Kevin Costner joint. Yeah. Why not? Why a spoon, cousin? Why not an axe or a sword? Because it's dull, you twit. What? It'll hurt more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was also in uh, the movie Nope recently. So oh. Been quietly working, doing his thing for quite yeah, some time now. Yeah, that's one of those cats where, like... If ever I was going to be famous, I want to be that level of famous where, like, I've worked steady in Hollywood for, like, 30 years... But every time somebody brings me up, you're like, oh, yeah, what was that guy's name? He was, uh, God, he was the guy in that thing, and then I saw him in the other thing, and then, yeah. I did do him a disservice, though, when he first came on screen. I was like, oh, I I know this guy. He's been on a lot of shit. He's like the broke man's Christopher Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Kmart special version of it. You know what? He is kind of the... He kind of is. <laughs> but he's not, had a good career, though. I don't right, want to shit right, on his career. Right. Like, I mean, listen. We can't all have Highlander recognition, okay? Yeah, and, Ra- and Raiden of Mortal right, Kombat 1. That's right. So. Although he would have played a good Raiden. He would have been a fine Raiden. Yeah. So shout out to Michael Wincott and the underrated performance of the week. So we went from shitting on you to praising you just like that. because that's, that's what right. We Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I will give The Crow... Mm, what do I want to give it? Uh, oh, two white roses on Shelly's grave. Oh, see, there you go. Or one cop, or let me tell you a story. Cop, cop, bank. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great scene. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to rate it or do you want to take a break? Uh, I'm going to rate it. Uh, it can't rain all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, on that note, we are going to take a break from our sponsor, High Fructose Corn Syrup. Ooh, High Fructose Corn Syrup. Have you had American food in the past 50 years? You've eaten it. And we are back from our sponsor, High Fructose Corn Syrup. To quote Huey Freeman, High Fructose Corn Syrup. Look it up. It'll kill you. <laughs> Oh, it definitely is. Well, we also... I'm here to talk to you about diabetes. Diabetes, though. Wilford Brimley. Uh, We also saw something... Lungs of people every year killed by (laughs) doctors. Oh, man. Um, That was a personal joke. Yeah, it was. was. We also watched something very odd, and I'm going to let Michael do his best to try to explain it. Uh, It was a Korean fucking animated film. I'll Uh just introduce it. It was called Our Friend Power Five. And it wasn't animated, it's live action, plus animated, plus whatever. But Michael, you do your best to, to describe this one, and I'll chime in. So, how do I, okay, how do I start with this piece of shit movie? It is a piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a scientist tries to 
I think, bring in debris from space as a natural resource and they accidentally shoot a ship full of knockoff Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and brings them to Earth. And then those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles then have to find a way to integrate with society while they're being chased by the sharks, but they're actually rats and they look like Splinter. Um, and then they build a giant robot to fight each other and somehow or another a kid gets psychic powers and then there's a bunch of hopping vampires and uh, yeah, this was a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, this shit was... This shit was nutso, man. It, it felt like when Glenn put it on, and it starts with like weird animation, my first instinct was like, yo, is this like the beta test for fucking Dragon's Lair or some shit? Like, <laughs> or like the, the B-roll? <laughs> the B-roll from Robotech or something? Yeah, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so it starts off with space battle, and it's really bad animation. And then all of a sudden we cut to interior of the ship, and it's live action with... I mean, I guess... Peaceful turtle people that just look like Ninja Turtles toys got put in the microwave and had their face mushed. <laughs> like, these costumes are literally based off of the 1988 Ninja Turtles toy line. And they're just, like, vinyl or rubber suits or something. And just painted with glitter and different colors to make them not Ninja Turtles. Uh, pretty much. They're alien... Not quite adults, taekwondo tortoises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the knockoff of the knockoff. Like I know people that seek out B movies. Uh, my brother Matthew is one of them. Sure, I, yeah, I know yeah. people that seek out C movies. Yeah, ask him about Manos, The Hands of Fate, or uh, Mystics of Bali, yeah. or uh, Tokyo Gore Police. But Glenn is the only person I know this that seeks out the bootleg version <laughs> of C movies, foreign C movies at that. So it's not even like C movie in your own language. So yeah, a lot was lost in translation on this one. But I had a great time watching it, not because of the film itself, but no, because no. of the comp the company that was kept during it. So. It's like a riff track, so like a mystery science theater, which we won't try to do here because that's not our jobs. But no, no, no. But it was, but, it was good camaraderie, though. It was a lot of fun. But I know what you mean in terms of like, like hypothetically, if you had told me, if if you had handed this movie to me and been like, "Hey, watch this," so we can so we can talk about it. If I had watched that by myself, I probably wouldn't have made it past the first twenty to thirty minutes of the movie. No, I couldn't have. I would rather watch knockoff UPN cartoons. <laughs> Fucking, or old school WB before the frog got on there and it was just shitty versions. Double, of, double, 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 WB. Yeah, yeah. I would watch <laughs> the shitty versions of cartoons like that. <laughs> that's that's scraping the bottom of the yeah. barrel, bro. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, but. It's like. <laughs> you hand me some shit like that. Remember the Damon Wayans show? Yeah, Remember that? Wayne hit. <laughs> I do. I just watched the theme song for that the other day, in fact. <laughs> Wayne Head. Wayne Head. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we are Wayne catering Head. to 3%. Three right now. And we have 13 listeners. So yeah, I know. we're catering to exactly 0. 0.35 people. 0.35 people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, still. Now, it, if you were to ask me to watch Our Force 5 by myself, it would be like, nah, I can't do it, man. I got... Anything to do. I'd rather watch... Well, no. Not It's Pat. No. I would, no yeah, I'd rather watch part. this than It's Pat. Yeah. 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 
like that's sort of the fun of watching B movies is they're not necessarily as fun watching them by yourself alone in the dark whiskey in hand thinking about the regrets of the day <laughs> of which there are plenty <laughs> maybe that's just my own movie watching experience I don't know <laughs> but like this is a movie that you have to watch with people. This is a movie that you have to see in a group. And it's it's one of those, like, I don't necessarily, I, I won't necessarily think fondly of the things I saw in the movie, but I remember the jokes. And I remember us all making fun of it and talking about, like, looks like a broke-ass splinter or, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know making fun of, you know, dude had a pasted-on mustache and you made the joke of, so I want my mustache to look like painted on skunk butthole. That's exactly what the, the space rats thing looked like. <laughs> the skunk butthole. So like they had a Yeah, no, keep going. Go ahead, go ahead. No, they had they had everything from like a bad song. Dude, this movie Oh my god. <laughs> go there, ahead. There's space Speak on it, son. No, there's space robots, there's ninja turtles. Uh-huh. They're But they're not ninja turtles. But they're not ninja turtles. They're Karate, Taekwondo. That can transform. Yeah, alien. Thanks yeah. to a magic wand. That can, yeah, and that's part of the thing. They also have a magic wand that can transform them to blend in, which they don't do but once, and then they, I don't know. So there's magic also involved. There's a magic wand and a princess involved, too. And at one point, the bad guys get a hold of yep. of the magic wand, yep. the, the, the rat people, which are known as sharks. And they transform. They're rat people, but they're known as the sharks. They're known as the sharks, yes. So, like, the whole time we were like, so is this like a Jets versus Sharks situation where they're going to break into a musical and then, God damn it, they break into a musical. They do, yeah. <laughs> and they have a uh, they have a, a ridiculous song that was subtitled of like, We are bad guys, we, are, we have no direction. We have no direction. The good news is though, and I've said this a million times before. Causing trouble, causing trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we cause holes in teeth. <laughs> What was that, the cavity mites? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a Colgate joke <laughs> for two. Right. Um, no, but they have a... I, and I've said this a million times before. The one thing is I don't care what movie it is. If you give me Goon A uh-huh. and Goon B... Right. And you let them... And this is what uh, what Glenn described it as. He said, good old-fashioned tomfoolery. Raps... <laughs> Whole, no, he said wholehearted tomfoolery. No, raps, he said these rapscallions are doing wholehearted tomfoolery. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, Glenn, points to you for using wholehearted tomfoolery <laughs> in an actual sentence today. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you could pluralize rapscallionry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, they give a, a classic goon A and goon B who just do nothing. They just go around and like throw tennis balls at people while they're eating lunch. And it's like, what are you doing? Just picking people's sandwiches off and munching on it or like doing karate moves in the streets. Off the table. Like people are eating lunch and they just run up and jump on the table like, ha ha, do a flip off. And you're like, the fuck, dude? Like. What a 30 minute lunch break. <laughs> Fuck Listen, out of here. I'm from the United States, man. Like, unless you're going to show up and just show them stabbing a baby. I've seen it before. Yeah, Get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> I watched the movie based in Detroit before this. <laughs> but you can't fool me. Yeah. This is some bullshit. But no, they give a classic goon A, goon B. And yeah. they transform into humans that also have skunk butthole goatees and... They're they're the best part of the movie. Easily. I want that on a t shirt. Skunk butthole goatees. Yeah, that's what they had, man. They had the white wisps painted in there too, very shittily. 
But yeah, they were awesome. They were they were also, my highlight. What was that dude's thing on his forehead? Like one of the main scientist characters had this thing on his forehead, and it literally looked like a piece of masking tape that he just drew a like a black dot on. So I don't know if it's supposed to be a mole or like a cybernetic implant, but I'm just like, did they just forget to peel the make off? The, the makeup piece off and like just we're like fuck it let it run it drew attention in all the ways you don't want Hollywood makeup like, to do <laughs> it was yeah it was distracting bad. as fuck yeah I, I don't <laughs> like, get it at all I could not listen to his dialogue because I was just staring at the little black dot on his forehead like what does that mean is that like a cultural thing that I don't understand is this is this supposed to be some like meta joke that doesn't like move on beyond Korean cinema or is this like a reference to a Hitchcock thing that I'm just not hip to? Yeah, it makes no sense. It's one of those things where you need a strong director where when actors come in and they start doing the, like an American actor will come in and be like, hey, are we doing the accents? And then you just need a strong director to after about a day of shooting being like, we're not doing the accents. Just drop it. (laughs) So the Kevin Costner of it. Yeah, or when they're like, hey, are we doing the makeup again today? No, we're not. Like, no, we're, no, we're not. not. No, nope. we're not doing the we're makeup. Good. It looks terrible. Let's be honest. But like, listen, I gave you two days worth of coverage on this. We're taking. We're it taking off. it off. It, it looks terrible. I don't care about consistency at this point. <laughs> Why would you in a movie like this? Dude, they, That's the thing you're going to be consistent about. <laughs> yeah, and they can't even animate it properly. At one point, the two animated robots were fighting each other, and then magically there was a second robot. And they beat up the other robot, but there was never precedence for a third robot. It made oh, no, no sense. All of a sudden, just they change robots because, like, well, we ran out of animation style for that particular robot, and we still need to extend the movie by nine minutes. So, yeah. fuck it, bring in a second robot that makes no sense. Yeah, with zero. And it's content. like, wait, is this the same robot? Is this a different robot? Who's piloting this robot? Yeah. So Earth builds this giant robot, and they're like, you know, who should drive this? One, they have a super. One of the kids gets superpowered, but they just give it to five little fucking asshole kids that beat up a dude for like, <laughs> like uh, what was it, cotton candy earlier yeah, in the yeah, movie? Yeah. They're like, oh, this dude's yeah, like the five of the most asshole kids you could ever have. They're like, yeah, let's give them a fucking weaponized robot because we put our faith in them as humanity. These kids are terrible. <laughs> like, literally, the main scientists are like, we built this robot. It's an untested, and then the other scientists come in like. We should let our kids pilot it, right? And he's like, yeah, totally. It's untested, and they've never been proven as pilots, but they show a lot of gumption, so let's <laughs> fucking go for it. The kid's got moxie. <laughs> I like the gut of his gym. Yeah, they're a bunch of rookie hotshots. <laughs> just coming straight out of the academy is what they are. No, you just came out of the academy, and you're a rookie hotshot. But you're a damn fine robot. like to shoot first and ask questions later, but you're the damn Finest mecha pilot we've got. Exactly. Our only God hope. damn if I don't respect that. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know how to describe this movie. It's free on YouTube. It is called Our Friend Power 5. I got nothing on it, man. I mean, you can talk about it as much. I, I don't know what else to say. It, it's I'm gonna insanity. Give it, I'm going to rate this five unnecessary turtle cameos. There was no reason for them to bring Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into this other than to be like, put it on the poster like, we kind of got turtles. We kind of got turtles. Well, here's the thing. and I, I kind of love turtles. I appreciate <laughs> your, your rating because it's very honest and very, very sweet to this movie, I'll say. <laughs> but at no point, like... Yeah, I'm nothing if, if not kind. If That's not what kind. I'm known for. Yeah, it's kindness in reviewing a film. 
But uh, no, it's also go watch Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but uh, it's it's robots and. Somebody described it best because there's a kid that has superpowers because uh-huh. he gets hit with the same beam that fucking they drew the turtles in. It doesn't make any sense, but he gets like mind control powers, right. and so it it can't decide if it's like Akira where like he's Tetsuo he's, has the right. Like, mind he's finding control. the limits of his powers and sort of testing it out, but also it's, it's Ninja Turtles, but also mice from Mars, but and, also it's Transformers or GoBots. Plus, right. plus also it's Voltron because they like it. It's Matthew described it as it's like somebody had their toy chest and they didn't have a matching set of toys. <laughs> right, right. And so we would be like, oh, and then the GoBot comes in against right. the GI Joe. Right, right. And right. when like you have a micro machines over here who's like a third of the size of the other toys, but right. like that's all you got to play with, so you're right. gonna make it work. You're like, I'm gonna oh. make my Predator toy fight my GI Joe toy. Yeah, my Even- two my two foot GI Joe actual legitimate. Toy fight a, a six inch figurine because that's all I've got. And then all of a sudden, in comes Venom from yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Which you want to talk about your former wrestling league real quick before we get out of here? <laughs> so my so back in the day when I was uh, twenty six, I had He's like a, back in the day three months ago. <laughs> Son of it stole my joke. Which by the way, Glenn stole a joke for me in that watching that movie that I was so mad about, and all I could do was just fume on it that. Literally to the point where I couldn't make any other jokes because I was just thinking about how he stole it from me. It pissed me off so much. So thank you, Glenn, for stealing my Peely Herman joke. Thank you, Glenn, for stealing that <laughs> joke from me, the legitimate one, thanking you. Not just being what we call a cynical. Here go hater ass Huey. That's the hater <laughs> ass. <laughs> yeah, here's the hater ass Huey alarm. You're gonna start hearing that alarm a lot more here on what you've been watching. Start shutting no. shit down. Hey, listen, you want to give me access to a soundboard? Go ahead. <laughs> you go right ahead, sir. We can play that game. Yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to DJ in the Butt. And we're doing it. Anyways, yeah, what were you saying, though? Yeah, it was a tragedy. What was the question? Yeah, I got another. I will review it. I will give it. One Goodwill box of toys. <laughs> oh, we were talking about my 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 uh, wrestling league. Oh yeah, your wrestling wrestling league. league. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So yeah, speaking of a Goodwill box of toys, <laughs> that was a segue. So I had, so I had a wrestling league that I had up with all my action figures, where you know you had uh, Cobra Commander fighting against uh, He Man, or Skeletor meets uh, the Predator toy meets. Uh, now all of a sudden in comes in Apocalypse the you know or or Wolverine or or oh my god Cyclops runs in with a chair but it was all just mismatched toys that <laughs> I would formulate a plot line around which is ex- essentially exactly what this movie is was just like alright so I've got animation I've got some really shitty rubber Ninja Turtle suits I've got a bunch of really shitty splinter rubber suits, plus some really shitty makeup and facial hair, so let's make a fucking movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I got a couple nieces and nephews that I ain't got much going on during the summer. Let's just throw them in it, too. Hey, you guys want to get credit for a movie? Come on. Yeah. I'll pay you in hot dogs. Exactly, because child labor laws aren't the same overseas. (laughs) Oh no, you're just going to do the movie. Right. 
And then you're gonna just show up. And then you're gonna go home and animate The Simpsons. <laughs> well, we actually made that joke that like the kids that were working on the movie were the same ones that were going home and like hand animating <laughs> all <laughs> the cells. Yeah. They were like, I don't know how to animate. The script's not written. They're like, You goddamn animate. You just draw. <laughs> Draw right now, and then go out in the backyard and do karate. And <laughs> we will film it, right. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, our friend Power Five, uh, brought to you by Glenn Bryce. Thanks for that one, pal. For sure. Too sweet, as always. Too sweet, as always. Well, anything else you want to talk about, man? Uh, I recently had a fifth sandwich. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, I bet. I bet. They're always And good. by that, I mean, I had a bus station kink behind the Burger King bathroom. Where we had a fish sandwich. Did you have to buy the fish sandwich? Of course not. Okay, good. Then we're talking. <laughs> good. We're talking the same language. Uh, so they know me. They just uh, give me free fish sandwiches. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hang out there a lot. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and sign out. MD3 signing out. Appreciate y'all checking in. As always, uh, this is marvelous Mike D saying, please go watch a movie, and especially a dirty B movie that you can watch with people. Talk about it with some group of people that you love, hopefully, (laughs) to make it more bearable.